You're listening to Women in Leadership Podcast, Episode 17. Hi, I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership podcast, the podcast that empowers you to reach your full potential, whether you're already in a leadership role or you are an aspiring leader. Joining me on today's show is Katie Anquitel. Katie's the Operations Director for Manpower Group New Zealand. She currently lives in Wellington, New Zealand with her Kiwi husband and her two-year-old son. She's been in New Zealand for four years, but New Zealand is the seventh country she's lived and worked in. And prior to moving to New Zealand, uh, Katie worked in the recruitment, helping large Fortune 500 tech companies build internal recruitment capability. And her previous employers, very impressive, they include Amazon, Microsoft and Expedia. She's very passionate about people and culture in the workplace and women in leadership. And on today's show, Katie's going to share why we must first change ourselves and what that means for us as leaders, the importance of being present, especially when it comes to staff engagement and how to stay motivated especially in the face of obstacles. So welcome to the show, Katie. Thanks so much, Anne-Marie. It's a pleasure to be here. Katie, you've been really fortunate throughout your career. You've had great mentors and sponsors, which have been both male and female. And through these mentors and sponsors, you've learned that credit must be given where credit is due and that everyone deserves equal opportunities. And in fact, one of your mentors, Mara Swan, she identified that recently women aren't looking for a handout. They're just looking for a level playing field. And I'd love you to speak a little bit more about that because this is something that you say is very true for you and in your career yeah absolutely I think you know often I have people who will say to me wow you've been so lucky in your career and I always think that word luck is really interesting mm-hmm. um, because luck really had very little to do with it it was actually a whole heck of a lot of hard work mm-hmm. coupled with fantastic opportunities to work for great brands with great leadership I have to say that never in my career working for those great brands have I ever expected anything to be handed to me? And people often say, well, how have you moved on so much, you know, moved on and up in your career? Doing my job excellently, exceeding expectations regularly, as well as demonstrating capability above and beyond the requirements of my job is how I've done that. So it's, it's, it isn't easy but that's how you continue growing organizationally, professionally, and personally. Yeah. And Katie, just um, briefly, you, you you have said that, you know, it's very, mentors and sponsors have certainly been influential in your career. Looking back, would you say uh, the support that you needed and, and obviously um, advice that they've given you, had you not had that mentors, would you have maybe made the decisions that you made and taken on projects that you made or have those been really influential in, in where you are today? You know, unequivocally, I think um, as I've grown in my career, and I think this is really important as well, I think no matter how senior you are, no matter how accomplished you are, the opportunity to identify and work with a mentor is almost more important than mm-hmm. it is as you're as you're moving up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people get, as they become more senior in organizations, um, they, they feel like they have to do it on their own. And that certainly is not the case and mm-hmm. certainly not the best way to go about it. I think in terms of my experience, and unequivocally, the folks that have advocated for me and been sponsors for me throughout my 
career have had a huge influence on the decisions and and risks that I've taken. Um, and I think that's a really important piece. And it, it's not just about um, you know challenging you to be great at what you're doing in that moment, but it's mm. also challenging you to look at where you're willing to take risks and step up and step out. Mm. You know, sometimes having that mentor or that sponsor, someone who may have been in a similar situation as you, someone who you can get some feedback, sometimes even just to um, explain a few things and when you talk it out to them, you, you kind of, oh, okay, well, I know what I needed to do now. So many women I hear continue to struggle on their own. Just before we dive into the other elements that you're going to share today, for someone who's listening today and has not got a sponsor, has not got a mentor, what are some things that you can advise her as far as, okay, this is what you need to look at out for in a sponsor, perhaps even approaching someone, hey, would you be able to mentor me? Can you share some insights on those areas? Because I think these are key for women. Sure. I think, you know, in the first instance, you need to be deliberate about where it is that you want to go and, and what, what the gap is for you to get there. Mm. Um, and I think once you're clear about where it is that you want to go, you can start to identify individuals that are either there or have have achieved beyond whatever there is. And mm. um, the, the second piece, and I think this is really important, or at least has been really important for me, is there needs to be a values alignment um, and, and, and to have a successful mentorship. Um, for me, you know, those those values from a professional perspective tend to resonate in a personal way as well, which for me are to be bold, be kind and be authentic. Mm. I look for those in a mentor um, and have found that I'm much more successful in in taking the making the most out of those mentorship relationships when those values are present. Mm -hmm. um, the third sort of piece is in, in, in approaching an, a mentor. I think it's being able to identify those things. So I, you know, it's quite common and, um, you know, Sheryl Sandberg and Mara um, and a number of other women that are quite um, uh, well-spoken on the topic of women in leadership have talked about they get requests continually mm. for people who want them to mentor them. I think you need to be able to articulate um, where it is that you're at, where it is that you want to go. So that deliberate piece, the values alignment um, to the mentor. Um, and and that's how you how you would approach a mentor. Mm. So that that's that would be my my feedback to people who are looking mm -hmm. looking for mentorship. Wise words, and I and I love the way that you said you're deliberate and focused because mm. uh, approaching a mentor and someone who can see you know similar values. If a mentee mm. or potential mentee approached and this mentor, potential mentor, could see that there are similar values. You know, in, in your instance, bold, kind. And what was the other one? Bold, kind and authentic. Yeah, both. I and love authentic. those three. Yeah, so very important. Then, of course, that mentor too can really, um, it, it's something that they can feel compelled to say yes to rather than trying to having, having to carry someone. And, and we're not saying that, you know, when, for yeah. people who are approaching, yeah. but it, there has to be that reciprocal relationship there, doesn't there? Absolutely. And I think, um, uh, yeah. I absolutely think that it needs to be reciprocal mm. and, 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 a, and a, a mentor who 
has had the opportunity to mentor a number of people um, will want a mentee who is very deliberate. Thank you for for sharing that um, before we dived into the show. The reason I said that is because just recently I went to an event and there was a young woman and she, she would have to be late 20s, early 30s. And what she has achieved here in Australia and even globally, it's just absolutely incredible. And right throughout her presentation, she referred back to various mentors that she had. Mm-hmm. And she she did say, similar to what you've saying today, had it not been for the mentors, she probably would not have made various decisions because it really were, uh, were requiring her to stretch out of her comfort zone, take risks, which she would never have taken had it not been uh, able to, to talk through it with her mentor. And uh, so I thought I need to, to grab that lesson and thank you for, for sharing that. So let's dive in. You said that it's important that we must change ourselves first. Talk about what that means and, and why that's important to us as leaders. I think going back to that piece that I mentioned from a value-based perspective, the the being authentic, I think in order to really um, push the boundaries of women in leadership and and look towards creating a level playing field, Mm. you have to lead from an authentic place of wanting that change to occur. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's probably if you can't start from there, you're not going to get past get go. Um, And that's for men and women. You know, this is not a, you know, women in leadership is not a women issue. It's a people and culture issue. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I think that be authentic piece, I think in order to really create a step change for women in leadership, it has to come from an authentic place, whether or not you're a male CEO, a female CEO, a female director, a male director, whatever it is gender is not the issue it's about people and culture and Mm -hmm. leadership yeah and i think for uh, you know people listening today authenticity is so important and i think as as leaders or anyone working in the workplace the ability to have self-awareness what are our strengths what is authenticity Mm -hmm. to us because when we go from that Mm -hmm. place i think then and playing on our strengths and allowing ourselves to shine then we really can show up and make an impact in the workplace how many people and i'm sure you've met many uh, throughout your career or heard of them who try and put on a mask try to show up as something that they're absolutely not and this can be so draining and it shows doesn't it in the workplace people can tell when we're not being authentic I recently um, responded to a woman, a colleague of mine that's actually writing a book about women in leadership. Mm. Um, And I I talked about the power of vulnerability in leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think that's a really important message for me as a as a leader, not necessarily as a woman. But I think we need to give more importance to the value of emotional intelligence in addition to um, intellectual intelligence mm-hmm. um, in leadership. And I, you know, I think I talk about the power of vulnerability. I, I, you don't need to remove that. Again, you don't need to change women. You need to change the people and culture and support women in leadership roles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what would you say to a company then who really wants to create a culture that uh, empowers and inspires both men and women? However, maybe they are, they are struggling because the culture that they've had tends to be more supportive to men or tends to have a culture that um, aligns a little bit more to you know, the, the dominant male kind of um, energy. What would you say to, to companies who do want to start to, to encourage women to take on more se- senior leadership roles? What kind of things have you seen work really well? I think I think unequivocally you need the, the C-suite sponsorship. I don't think, so my first 
question back mm. to this this organization if I wasn't talking to the CEO would be to say, what is the CEO's investment in mm -hmm. this? Mm. Why why has this investment now? You know why now? Why are, why are they coming? It, without that, um, again, you won't get past get go. You have to have you know leadership buy in, um, and and again, you know I hate to keep harping on this. It's got to come from an authentic place. Mm -hmm. um, and even if that place is to say, I don't know much about this. This seems to be the right thing. I don't know entirely why, mm. <laughs> but I want to understand why it's the right thing. And mm. um, we can work with that. And, yes. you know, my feedback, you know, to those those CEOs and those leaders is generally, you know, we're in a situation now where we have an opportunity to say, not only is this the right thing to do, but businesses perform better when there's yes. more women in leadership roles. Yeah. Absolutely. So if Statistics and studies it, say that yeah. unequivocally. Yeah. 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 So if you're not doing it, you're actually doing a disservice to the performance of your business. Mm -hmm. I heard uh, a while ago, and I can't recall who said this, so I'll have to do some research to see if I can um, get the person who said this, but he was uh, in the US and for, uh, you know, a top 500 company. He said, women in the workplace are like canaries in the coal mine. When they start leaving, it doesn't take long for the male senior leaders or, or even people working in the workforce start to notice the, the effects. Uh, and so this is really important, isn't it? It's extraordinary. And I I think that, that get back, it gets back a little bit to that putting value in the leadership function that sits not just an IQ, but an EQ as well. Mm, mm. Because when you bring EQ into the leadership function, um, it, there's a huge impact on culture. Yes. And, and, and on people. And, and, and that's, 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 I think the impact that you're talking about there when women leave, mm. that's, yeah, absolutely. You know, to realize the difference. <laughs> well, let's talk in this segues beautifully to the next point about uh, the importance of being present, especially when it comes to staff engagement. Because if you don't have an engaged staff, that certainly is going to show up in in performance and productivity as well. I, it is. I think it's interesting. I, I, you know, I talk about being present. I think it's really hard to do. Mm -hmm. You know, when we're in fast paced, <laughs> you know, high performance environments. And it can be challenging not to attempt to multitask, mm -hmm. you know, and not be present with our staff. I think f for me, the evolution of becoming a leader um, really came from this idea that I was going to spend a heck of a lot less time managing people and spend a whole lot more time leading from the front. Mm. Um, and that meant needing to be present um, um, in every engagement and do one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, focus on what matters most. Um, and that, that to me, is the difference between someone who manages and someone who leads. From a point of view of a person, if you're speaking to your leader or, or, or you know, someone on the board or the CEO, if you haven't got their full attention you can tell that they're just not listening to you and you don't feel appreciated. Now, even if their response or the decision that they make is not necessarily the decision that you wanted them to make, the fact that they've 
been given you or given you an opportunity to be heard, that in itself is is huge, isn't it, to, to team? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's an interesting, again, you know, evolution of awareness from a leadership perspective. You know, a lot of leaders now are are taking up mindfulness practices because they see an increase in um, their staff's engagement. And mm-hmm. that's for that reason and that reason alone is that they're listening, they're actively listening and the people feel heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's science and data and research that supports the fact that when your staff, um, when you're present for your staff from a leadership perspective, your staff is more productive. Mm-hmm. So again, why the heck aren't we doing this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, and, and, you know, the other piece that is, I see systemically across client groups globally, this is not a, you know, an Australian, New Zealand or Asia Pacific issue. It's a global issue is that managers spend a lot of time managing poor performers mm. um, and a whole lot less time um, supporting, challenging and bringing up their high performers um, leaders spend a whole lot of time encouraging their high performers. Um, and I, I think there's a difference. Yes, very important. And I think also, too, this whole topic of multitasking. And in this instance, we're talking about being present mm-hmm. when you are speaking to someone on your team or within a meeting, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. On another level, too, when you think of mindfulness and being intentional on the tasks that we are working on, and this is such a good being a good role model to, to our team, too. Studies have shown that when we are multitasking and doing too many things at once, the things that we are working on will often not, um, because we're stretched so thin. And in fact, I try not to now multitask because I have deleted, in, you know, very um, significant files off my computer because I was multitasking. I was not present. Um, and so it's a huge lesson for all of us. For me, you know, that, that was a huge wake up call. Multitasking actually doesn't work. What do you mean? I've built my whole career on being busy. Yes. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, And 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 so that was a huge wake up call for me. Is that multitasking isn't actually being more productive? It's being less productive. It is. It is. We've had to completely retrain because I still remember when we were looking for team, it was the ability to multitask, you know, that was often part of a job description. And can you multitask? Whereas now, of course, yeah. I know. It's unbelievable. And yeah, it's the debunking of multitasking is a a fascinating concept and was a huge wake up call for me. And, you know, it's something, you know, you you look at memes on the internet and I belong to a lot of women in leadership and um, mothers in leadership groups and a lot of the humor surrounding women in leadership or mothers who are working mothers is around Mm. that I'm always multitasking, being pulled in 5 million directions, doing all the, you know, and and that's the story Mm -hmm. that's, that's told. Um, so it's a really interesting time when we've now learned that that's actually not the most effective way to lead. Yes. Um, to step away from that and step back into being more present, um, you know, with our people or with whatever the given task is yeah. at that moment. Absolutely. A huge lesson. It almost used to be a badge of honor to be able to multitask and that busyness, you know, if you, oh, how are you? Oh, mm. I'm so busy. But, you know, as a leader, mm. are we taking on um, tasks which really we shouldn't because it's inhibiting us to be the, the best leader that we can? Uh, and so this is a, a huge reminder. And, and if we're working on tasks that are stopping us from being able to be more present, able to be more intentional, be more mindful, 
across the board in, 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 in how we show up, then we need to take a serious step back and look at, okay, what am I doing that uh, perhaps needs to no longer be, be focused on? Yeah, so mm. true. Yeah. The busy badge of honor is a, is, mm -hmm. a, is a tricky one to put on the table and walk away from because yeah. it's, you know, I think probably if someone would have asked me five years ago, I would have said that's, that's why I've been successful. Mm. I can do more than other people can do. Yes. And now I would say something very different to mm -hmm. that, but that's because of a different level of awareness that I have around what that actually means around what busy actually means. that's right you know if you mm -hmm. dare say have a minute to sit at your desk and just be able to breathe it's like what's yeah. wrong you know what's wrong exactly <laughs> nothing's wrong it just means everything is as it should be and uh, anyway exactly. we can often create our own chaos can't we because we are we're just so or we can if we allow ourselves um, be driven by the constant need to to be busy and to be handling something that so when everything's working smoothly. I have actually worked with leaders like that who said, you know what, when I had everything working correctly, I would create my own chaos. And that was often to leave things to the last minute. And they realised that they work and they function so much better when there is stress around. Mm. But as a leader, we need to look at, okay, so how best does our team operate? And a lot of the other people in that team were finding it very difficult and uh, a huge, huge uh, self-awareness lesson for for that particular leader. Now let's get on to the next point because I know that sure. this can often be something that keeps many, not just women, men as well, stuck. And that is obstacles and challenges. What are some insights that you can share about how we can stay motivated when we do have a challenge, when we are faced with an obstacle? Yeah, this is a really interesting one because I think um, I, I think from a style perspective, it's, it's quite unique. For me, when it comes to challenges, success is is never been an option for me it was always that success was always meeting expectations not exceeding them it was what came after that that was exceeding them and mm -hmm. um, so when it comes to obstacles for me if i say what i do and do what i say i believe you can pretty much work through just about any obstacle that's put in your way when it comes to motivation and i think that's a different sort of conversation but related i mean if you end up in a situation where you don't have the passion or the um or or the interest in overcoming the obstacles then i would really start questioning your motivation mm. um and i think it gets back to being deliberate so you know and being clear and being able to distill that motivation um, and articulate it to your leadership or to your mentors or whoever that is by saying this is what i'm doing now i'm i'm sensing that um uh, that for me i might want to be looking at something else and, mm. and be clear about what that looks like for me motivation becomes an issue when i'm not challenged and that doesn't necessarily mean chaos it means large complex solutions mm -hmm. um, global corporate it can be it can fit into any number of different categories but it needs i need to have some of what i'm doing on a daily weekly basis mm. being focused on solving complex problems yeah um and when that isn't there other things start to feel quite a bit more taxing mm -hmm. um so i guess maybe that's for me my feedback would be understand what it is that fuels your drive and your passion and ensure that you are getting a piece of that in your regular day-to-day -day. and if you're not that you're clearly articulating what it is that you want to do to shift that mm. 
Very important. I think self-awareness and uh, again, what what is it that does mo motivate you is, is so key. And it's incredible how many people aren't really aware of that. Or even when you're talking about values, they're not really clear. And often what ends up happening is their values are challenged. They're misaligned with the corporation or whatever is happening. And it's then that they're, um, they're experiencing the consequences of, of that being challenged. And I think also too, as women and, and some of the women that I've spoken to, they they'll often when it comes to a challenge and, and sometimes that an obstacle sometimes the decision is no we're going to walk away from that that's the best decision sure. uh, for the company mm -hmm. for the team yet they can take that on as a personal failure and i think as a leader by taking those things personally and and as a failure then that can certainly keep us stuck can't it because um it, it's it, it's not something personal here are the, the, the issues, what can we do? You know, is it worthwhile us tackling this problem or is it something that can be better off focusing our attention and energy on another project or, or, or challenge, yes? I think that's one of the, I think you make a really good point about the taking it personally. Mm. Um, that's again, something, if you would have asked me five years ago why I thought I had success in my career, I probably would have said that I take everything I do personally. Mm. <laughs> um, that has shifted dramatically for me in the last five years. Um, and the ability to to separate what is about me and what is not about me, um, because you need to be able to do that in order to focus on what matters most. Mm. I, I do think that tends to be an affliction of those who lead from a place of higher EQ. I'm not saying that's, again, it's not a male or female thing, although we do know that scientifically that tends to be higher on the female side. Mm. Um, that can be a really big challenge, a really big challenge. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not taking it personally, not always taking it personally, yes. I guess. Oh, I love to speaking with you. We can probably continue to talk for hours and, and share. <laughs> so what would be one last piece of um, advice, words of wisdom that you would like to share with people today, Katie? I guess from a, you know, from a woman in leadership perspective, um, if I go back to sort of what I started with from a values-based perspective, which is kind of how I've, I was raised by my mother, who was an incredible inspiration for me, but be bold, be kind, be authentic, mm. be bold, don't ever shy away from asking for what you want. Um, and, and moving in that direction, be kind. You can deliver really difficult messages and still be kind and respectful and and be authentic operate from a place that is true to who you are um and and look for roles and opportunities that will be aligned to who you are as a person um and i think when you operate from those those values or in my experience when you operate from those values and um, it's not about having awe opportunity it's about choosing from a multitude of different opportunities mm. so i guess that would be what I leave people with. Terrific. And uh, Katie, you are representing Manpower Group in, in New Zealand. I'd be happy if you wanted to share just a, you know, briefly who they are and if people yep. are listening today would like to get in contact, uh, what's the best way? Sure. So we Manpower Group is one of the largest um, workforce solution companies in the world. We're in 83 countries globally. Um, in New Zealand, we operate four brands. We operate Manpower, which is a white collar, blue collar, light industrial and trades staffing business. We operate Experius, which is a IT and engineering professional staffing business. 
We operate Right Management, which is a career management HR outsourcing and outplacement business. And we operate Manpower Group Solutions, which is an outsourcing business. So um, we stay quite busy in New Zealand. Mm. It's, it's a large, complex business, but it's really exciting. So um, our focus in New Zealand is helping businesses transform how they manage talent and their workforce solutions. Um, if anyone would like to get in touch, I'd be more than happy to hear from them. And mm-hmm. um, my email address is katie, K-A-T-Y dot Anquitel, A-N-Q-U-E-T-I-L at NZ dot manpowergroup.com. Fantastic. And Katie, we'll put all of those contact, well, that contact detail on uh, the show notes. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks so much, Anne-Marie. It was a real pleasure. It was a highlight of my day. Fantastic. Now it's over to you. Katie and I want you to join the conversation. So let us know, what was one aha? I know you would have had many, but what is the biggest aha that you've taken away from the insights that Katie shared today? And what's the action step you're going to take in the next 24 hours to get into action on that? So to join that conversation, go to annemariecross.com forward slash podcast 17. Leave your comments there uh, below the show notes. And I look forward to, to reading that. Now, Again, the link is annemariecross.com forward slash podcast 17. Now, before we go, an inspirational tip from our sponsor, Breaking the Confidence Barrier. The greatest prison people live in is the fear of what other people will think. Now, is this you? Do you live in fear of what other people will think about you? So maybe that fear keeps you silent when you know something is happening that isn't right in the workplace. Or maybe you keep your hand down when you know you should be putting your hand up for that special project or that new role. So make a commitment to yourself today to stop living in fear of what other people will think about you. Now, if you like this inspirational message, then go to www.breakingtheconfidencebarrier.com to access more tips and strategies on how you can break through your confidence barrier and step forward confidently in your life and career to reach your full potential. Now, that brings us to the end of another episode, and I do hope that you'll join me again next week. Remember, subscribe to our iTunes channel. The link is annemariecross.com forward slash podcast iTunes. When you do subscribe, that means that you're going to be the very first person to learn about our new episode and be inspired and empowered every week like I know you were today listening to Katie. Again, that link is annemariecross.com forward slash podcast podcast iTunes and while you're there if you've got a couple of minutes leave a comment and a rating that would be super awesome see you next week make it a great one bye Katie This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.